The stars are right, and that means it's time for another episode of The Whisper in Darkness. I'm your host, The Man from Lang. Thank you very much for joining me today. On this episode, we are continuing with our review of the player cards in the Dunwich Legacy Investigator expansion for the benefit of new players. This is part three of our look at the Survivor cards. We are going to take a look at Fire Extinguisher, Flare, Lure, and Stroke of Luck. There are spoilers throughout if you care about that sort of thing. If you enjoy what you hear, remember to like, comment, and subscribe. Just a quick reminder of how we rate cards here on The Whisper in Darkness. The best of the best get an Elder Sign, while the worst of the worst get an Auto Fail, and the cards in between get a plus one, zero, or Elder Thing respectively. Cards that you build around or are good in one particular deck get a Bless Token, while cards that we believe are destined to end up on the list of taboos or bad for the game get a Curse Token. Before we get started, I'd like to thank the patrons of this channel for their tremendous support. The Arkham Horror LCG community is amazing, and these people have gone above and beyond to bring you content like these player card reviews. If you'd like to support the channel's goals and see your name on this list, head over to patreon.com, sign up for a tier of your choice, and claim your rewards. Special thanks to Cole Monroe Chitty for the amazing art that graces the channel, Nicole Fiscus for the new Whisper in Darkness logo that I use for the podcast, and Nate Lost in Time and Space for the intro as well as the overlays. Thank you very much, I couldn't do it without you. Without further ado, let's get started. Welcome back everyone to our review of the player cards in the Dunwich Legacy Investigator expansion. For the benefit of new players, this is part three of our review of the Survivor cards. This time we're going to kick things off with Fire Extinguisher. It's a level two, it's a two cost asset that has one experience point, an agility skill icon, item tool, and melee traits. As an action, you can fight, you get plus one combat for this attack. Or as an action, you can exile the fire extinguisher, evade, you get plus three agility for this skill test. If you are successful, evade each other enemy engaged with you as well. And it takes up a hand slot. Exile is uh, one of the new mechanics that was introduced in the uh, Dunwich Legacy uh, cycle, primarily on uh, survivor cards. Basically, you if you trigger the exile ability on these cards, you remove it from the game. And then if it costs experience, which most of the exile cards do, then you have to buy the card again. So if you paid one XP for the fire extinguisher, you get to pay one XP for it again to put it back in your deck. And if you decide not to do that, you can just put a level zero card in there without spending XP to bring your uh, deck size back up to a legal deck size. What do you guys think about this one? I have read both of those effects and then I have proceeded to put this card into my binder and never look at it ever again. It's not good at all. Like even compared to a knife, it's oh, really yeah. not that good. <laughs> At least the knife you can pitch to deal damage, which is at least useful. This is just play survival instinct if you really need to evade multiple enemies. Oh, you took the words out of my mouth. I was going to say Sorry. the same thing. Sorry. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> it's, it's just not good. Like, if maybe if it gave you a more meaningful combat boost, yeah. if it give you, like, plus two or plus three, maybe, but... Ugh. And it takes up a hand slot, too. Like, man, mm -hmm. there's just so many things going against this card. I think I think you're right, Nate. I think the way to go with this one is just play Survival Instinct instead. It kind of does the same thing and bails you out and gives you an action to move, you know, free action to move out. Where this, like, you have to put this into play, costing an action. And then you got to, it'll just get you the evade. 
but you're still stuck where you are and you spend two resources and a extra action on top instead of just playing survival instinct yeah don't play this card it's so bad even when it's like at its best a level zero card does the same thing but better yeah survival instinct really uh makes this card almost unnecessary if the fight was better yeah. i could maybe see it but i mean it's basically an expensive knife if you're fighting with it and in fact knife is better because at least you can pitch the knife for extra damage the evade i mean is very generous at plus three but survival instinct basically gives you a nice bonus as well and lets you move and disengage from all the other enemies and then if you really want a good effect you can pick up for another xp you get survival instinct too which lets you evade all the enemies so yeah this one is kind of left twisting in the wind with nothing really much to do uh, there is a level three upgrade that was recently released in the edge of the earth investigator expansion it uh, tweaks the evade a little bit and uh, gives you a com a, a bonus damage for the fight so that sort of solves that problem how would uh, you guys rate this one i think this one's a pretty easy tentacle it's just not really that good yeah not only is it um not only is it situational like when you'd want to use it as i mentioned even when it's like at its best you could have played a zero xp card instead yeah this is a tentacle yeah, unfortunately, this one gets a tentacle. Back when this was uh, released, this came out in the Miskatonic Museum uh, Mythos pack, which also happens to have the next card that we're going to talk about that is way better than this one if you need to kill something. And so this one just kind of was released in a pack with a better fight card and a better evade card already existed. So it was like, why does this card exist exactly? So uh, not a not a card you should be putting in your deck, uh, Fire Extinguisher. You can't necessarily say the same about Flare, though. It is a two-cost event that costs one experience point. Wild Skill Icon, Tactic Trait, you either choose one, Fight, you get plus three combat and deal plus two damage for this attack, Exile Flare, or you search the top nine cards of your Investigator deck for an ally asset, and put it into play under your control, then Exile Flare, Shuffle the Search deck. This one is a, a huge thematic win. I mean, both effects make a great deal of sense. The fact that this can deal three damage to an enemy, I'm willing to pay one XP for that. Yeah. And then you can also use it to find that ally you need and uh, put it into play for free. So not only do you get to tutor an ally, but you get to not pay for it. <laughs> that's that's yeah. pretty sweet. Yeah, I've used this card to great effect in many a deck. Uh, it's great with agency backup and Tommy. Oh, that's right. Like really big allies. Yeah. <laughs> like Leo DeLuca costs, you uh -huh. know, that type of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Leo DeLuca in... Um... Wendy is really nice too, yeah. Yeah, there's plenty of good targets, even just in Corrin Dunwich, to be able to use this card. Having the ability to deal three damage in a pinch with a really sizable boost is really nice. It's worth the one XP that you're going to have to spend over and over again, I feel. Because sometimes you just don't play this card because you just don't need it. So you don't have to necessarily use it. You can always pitch it for that one icon, which is nice too. Yeah. One thing that's worth noting that... uh 
is not always intuitive is that if you do the second option to look for an ally, if the flare misses, you don't exile it because it's a then. And then only works, then only happens if the sentence before it was successful, which is kind of nice. So I think what that means with flare, which is kind of important, is it means you can do like one or two slots dedicated to like a really big ally and then just rely on flare to go find it. So you don't have to spend, say, 10 XP on your two agency backups, you know, in the in your situation, Nate. You can just go, I have one agency backup in my deck, and I have two flares. If my flare misses, I don't exile the flare, and then I don't feel so bad. Yeah, that's now, a really good really point nice. you bring up. And it's also nice, you can do it on any player in the table. It does say oh, any yeah. investigator, so... Yeah, there's, there's some pretty hilarious stuff you can do with this. Just, like, steal people's allies. Yeah, so not only can you, can Tommy Muldoon find his uh, agency backup, but so can I. <laughs> no, this is really good. Plus the top part, um, being able to do three damage in a single action without a weapon on the board, like that'll save your life. So this card's really good. Yeah, now that I look at that, that uh, that fight action is sort of reminds me of uh, Spectral Razor in Mystic, which was released much, much later. And Spectral Razor is basically a staple in Mystic at this point, simply because it it gives you a sizable bonus and lets you deal uh, three damage. You don't have to exile Spectral Razor, but uh, at one XP, this is pretty pretty uh, decently priced you know the thing i found about survivors is that they don't really have a i mean survivors top out for the most part at 3 xp uh, especially in dunwich and revised core they do receive one or two cards down the road that cost four and five but for the most part you're one twos and threes and i find a lot of the survivor uh, one xp cards to be better than the three xp cards for the most part, so you're you should have the XP to to pay for the exile on this one. How would you uh, rate this one? I'm gonna give this an elder sign. I think it's really quite good. Mm -hmm. uh, like both effects on this are effects that you want generally, like in your deck, and the fact that it sort of consolidates both of those effects into one card is really nice. Yeah, I'd say um, it's just really good. I don't, I don't think I'd go Elder Sign. I think I'll go plus one because I don't think this actually works all that well in every Survivor deck. I'm envisioning the Survivor deck where you have like very few really high-impact allies because what you don't want to do is uh, fire your flare and find the ally you don't want. You know, so, mm -hmm. so it kind of requires a little bit of like building and yeah, I'd, I'd say this is plus one. This is still really good. Yeah, I'm going to go plus one as well. I often find that I'm upgrading other cards before I pick up Flare. So it's sort of, while I really like the effects, it's not the first card I'm reaching for in my decks. And I think the Survivor allies being what they are at this point in the game, I mean, you've got Stray Cat, Peter Sylvester, and Aquina at this point. So... The only other investigator who can take this besides Ash can and Wendy would be Agnes. She has some better op like she has some pretty decent options in in Peter and Arcane Initiate, either one of which I'd probably be pretty happy with drawing toward the beginning of the game. So I do think this one gets uh, 
This one probably might even reach Elder Sign territory as your card pool expands and you do get some of those really expensive allies like Agency Backup where not only are you finding an ally, but you're saving yourself a boatload of resources to uh, when you play it as well. The next card we are going to talk about is Lure. One cost event that costs one experience point. It has two agility skill icons. The trick trait attached to your location during the enemy phase. Each enemy that moves does so along the shortest path toward the attached location instead of to where it would normally move. Forced effect while attached at the end of the round. Discard lure. When I was a... Uh, a young man from Lang, and I was just beginning to uh, a lad from Lang. A lad from Lang. That's a good. Uh, that's a good phrase. When I was a lad from Lang and just beginning my uh, to play various CCGs, I would have loved this card because I loved sort of janky cards that had cool effects. I would have been very quick to build a a, a deck around this card, but now I am in older, wiser, possibly more jaded man from Lang. And I just don't have time for this crap anymore, <laughs> to be honest. I racked my brain all week trying to think of situations when this card could be useful and just made my head hurt. What do you guys think about this one? If this card had fast, it would go a long way at making it a lot more useful. Because at least then you could, like, you know, maybe move somewhere drop it down move somewhere oh, right. else and not have to like waste time putting it into play but not only does it waste your time by having an effect that you got to sit there and kind of squint and think about but then it wastes your time in game by actually taking an action too i mean that's just that's just rude yeah just looking at it again like it's even it's, it's actually worse than i thought it was because not a, you have to attach it to your location and you got to spend an action to do it Okay, so you're already committing to attaching it to your location and then moving away. Oh god, this is so bad. I think there is one instance where this could uh -huh. be good, and it's in Curse of the Ruguru. Oh, yeah, because you actually have a map that where lure would actually matter. Mm -hmm. You know, because that's the thing. Like, if you're in a hallway-like map, then lure basically does nothing. <laughs> you know, like, yeah um that and in in that specific scenario uh quick spoilers is that the enemy moves away from you oh, and the yeah. lure can trap it somewhere for for a turn which can actually yeah. be helpful okay i think i know where this is useful all right i suspect that in early iterations of this game prey the prey instructions were more important than they actually are yeah, it's a, it's it's good yeah. that you mentioned that because you know we've talked a lot about conditional cards during this review, and this one has so many conditions that you've got to fulfill to make it useful that it's just not worth your time. I mean, first you need the right map. You need to have a layout where enemies have multiple routes that are options for them to take. Then you need the right enemy. You need an enemy that has hunter. Otherwise, it's probably not moving. It helps if that enemy has prey instructions that are that matter. Like, 
a lot of enemies, and there are prey instructions on quite a few enemies in the uh, the revised core set. Enemies that target, say, lowest agility or lowest willpower and stuff like that. But you've got to be in a position where that prey instruction matters. Yeah. And that's pretty tough to set up. Again, like we've said, you need to play this. And then you either need to move away. So you have to have sort of a location that you were going for. Or you can lure the enemy to you. But if you were luring the enemy to you, then it really depends on the enemy's prey instructions and stuff like that. Because, I mean, if a hunter has two choices and you're next to it, you can just move the enemy to you. You don't need to lure it. The game allows you to do that without a card. So, yeah, it's it's just a really tough card to to make work. And the fact that it it's gone at the end of the round. I know that that makes like no sense. Like why, why <laughs> you know would would it does it need to leave at the end of the round? Like it should, it should leave. Like at least should leave after it's like actually drawn an enemy to it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could it's see like in, this. Uh, uh... It's like in Metal Gear Solid. Like if you throw a bottle or something and attract an enemy to go towards the you know the noise, it doesn't just stop after five seconds. It goes all the way to the noise. You know, Lord should at least do that. You know. The uh, other scenario I could see this maybe working is in uh, Undimensioned and Unseen, simply because the uh, the movement of the enemies in that is is kind of random and you do kind of want to bring them to you at some point when you're ready to deal with them. This can kind of help, but I'm not putting that in my deck for the middle of a campaign. There is a level two upgrade that was released in before the black throne that actually lets you play this on a different location, which sort of solves the whole movement issue that you're dealing with. But now you're paying two XP for a pretty narrow card, so yeah. Uh, yeah, I think in like ninety nine percent of cases, there is a card. I think it's in the Forgotten Age called Hiding Spot that essentially does what you want lure, what you actually want lure to do, and that is just like you hide for an enemy, you you bypass an enemy for a round, and that and Hiding Spot is zero XP. It's fast and it sticks around if it doesn't do anything. I know it's outside of Core and Dunwich, but I guess what I'm saying is even the designers realized that Lure is just not working as a card. Yeah, and gave us hiding spot instead. Ratings? Tentacle? I think this is a pretty easy tentacle, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, as much as the lad from Lang loves cards like this, the. Uh, the man from Lang does not. This one gets a tentacle. And when people ask me what I think the worst card in the game is, this is often on the tip of my tongue. I don't know if it's the absolute worst, but it's pretty low down the uh, the list. You know a card is bad when having two agility icons doesn't even uh, save it. There's just way better options. Uh, I'm sure someone out there has built a marvelous lure deck, but uh, it won't be me. Hiding spot? It's in Carcosa, not, not not the Forgotten Age, which actually makes it better because it's been released again. And if you're having trouble with uh, the Devour Below from the uh, 
from the Revised Core hiding spot is uh, the answer to your prayers. That brings us to Stroke of Luck. It's a skill that costs 2 XP, wild skill icon, innate and fortune trait. Commit only to a skill test you are performing. After revealing chaos tokens for this test, you may choose to exile Stroke of Luck. If you do, this test is automatically successful unless you drew the auto-fail token, uh, or unless an auto-fail was revealed at some point during the test. Cards that uh, let you automatically succeed at skill tests are pretty rare. What do you guys think about this one? I really like this as an upgrade in Scenario 7, Scenario 8, when oh, you're yeah. about to finish a campaign... You know, especially in the early stages of the survivor card pool, you generally have some extra experience lying around. Like, this can be really nice to be able to clutch out certain scenarios and certain uh, challenges that you may experience later on in the campaign. It's not something you need early on, but having that ability to just succeed barring the autofail is pretty nice. Yeah, even on tests where you're already, like, over by one or two just um being able to say okay i'm succeeding on everything except the auto fail pretty nice one thing that is one little bit of rules that is worth noting is that because it's an automatic success um it's treated as if the difficulty of the test was zero so that has some implications for some of the rogues succeed by x effects not that there are many investigators that can take both you know rogues succeed by x effects and the stroke of luck but it is worth knowing I think Stroke of Luck, it's actually really, it's actually pretty good. I think its stock goes down a little bit with the Revised Core because the Revised Core has Catastrophe, which mm. does a very similar thing without exiling itself. But then again, Catastrophe also costs um, resources. And Catastrophe is more of a reactive, like, oh, I was going to nail this test anyway, and oh, crap, I drew the auto-fail. Let me Catastrophe that. Where uh, Stroke of Luck is more like... Okay, I need to make I need to like land this evade. I'm a two or I'm a three and this thing is evade four for some reason. Just commit the stroke of luck and make it happen. Yeah, it's it's more for that. Mm. Yeah. It's also nice in Dark Horse as well because it doesn't yes. cost resources. So true, true. You know, you've true. got that as well. I I I think it's pretty good. You know, you spend a couple yeah. XP on it. You know, you'll commit it to the skill test, maybe you're like one up on something. You commit this, you now you're two up and you you pass the test and you don't have to exile it but then exactly. it also just has yeah. that ability too which is nice that's true you only have to you only have to exile it if you use the auto success so yeah there there you go so if you're like two if you're like two up this is perfect because then you're covering the minus fours and yeah that's a, that's one point i really wanted to highlight was that this is optional the auto success is optional you commit this, then you get to see what the token is, and then you get to decide. It's not like you're you're wasting two experience points just by committing this to a skill test and then, oh, I passed it anyway. Oh, I just wasted this card. You get to keep it around. I agree, Nate. This is a this is a great card for scenario seven and eight. This one I know has won me at least one game thanks to uh, automatically succeeding on something that I, I simply couldn't fail. And uh, because it was the end of the campaign, I had no problems exiling it. So uh, this one is, uh, if you 
need this kind of effect or you are concerned about or I guess if you have a couple of XP lying around towards the end of a campaign I think you can do a lot worse than uh, than picking up a copy of uh, Stroker Luck to help you uh, seal the deal how would you guys rate this one? I'm going to give this a plus one while I think it is really good in later scenarios of a campaign it's not something you reach for immediately this is something you kind of put in your back pocket and save for later and in those circumstances it's really clutch and it's really good but it's not something you need immediately so i, th I think plus one is pretty applicable for this card i'd say so too because i'm i'm thinking of decks that i would want to put stroke of luck in and they're usually decks that that hit their stride with very low xp um wendy adams ashcan pete are both investigators that i think can function really well without a lot of xp they don't have a lot of core upgrades to mm -hmm. uh, make them do their thing so once you've got those like five xp worth of core upgrades then you get to start taking luxury stuff like stroke of luck and uh feel good about it yeah i think this yeah. is a plus one and i think it's also good in those investigators as well because they have an alternate means for using this card when say you don't want to commit it to a skill test right it's true it's true yeah yeah i'm i'm torn between a plus one and a zero on this one Largely because I do think it is a luxury upgrade, that it's not something that you're... This isn't the first card you're going to upgrade. The effect is very, very powerful, so that certainly deserves a plus one. But again, it's it, this is one of those cards that... Uh, I mean, if you happen to have succeeded everything, you don't really need it necessarily, so... I think I'm going to land on zero. The power level is certainly there, but uh, it's not a card that I've certainly gravitated towards all that often. And and like you said, Matastrophic, we do have Eucatastrophe in the revised core now. So if you don't want to spend the XP, there is a level there is a level zero version available that will uh, has a similar effect. So uh, keep that in mind as you're uh, upgrading your deck. That's going to do it for part three of our look at the survivor cards in the Dunwich Legacy Investigator expansion. Let me know in the comments down below what you think. Any final thoughts on uh, these survivor cards? Pretty mixed bag. Yeah. Lure and Fire Extinguisher are binder fodder, but Flare, oh, is, a, Flare is a good card, and I think yeah. Stroke of Luck is pretty good too. So, I mean, with the one hand you giveth, the other hand you taketh. That's going to do it for this episode. If you enjoyed what you hear, remember to like, comment, and subscribe. If you need to contact me, I can be reached at manfromlang at gmail.com. I'm also on Twitter at manfromlang. Until the stars are right, keep your shotgun close and your elder sign closer. Take care out there, and happy investigating.